Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Side of Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. We are about a week away from the start of the game baseball season here in 2020. Scrimmages are taking place at Wrigley Field. There's some news on the roster with some of the players, and we're seeing some more people around baseball opt out. So stick around. We got a good show for you tonight. Adam, how are you? Welcome back. Fantastic. It's good to be back. Been a while. Yeah, it feels like it's been a while. It's been a few weeks and feels like forever. Time is time is weird right now because I feel like the days go by fairly fast, but if you told me something was like a week ago, it like felt like a month ago. I don't know if you feel the same way. That's how I feel. Yeah, I, I kind of know what you mean, and I, I think that... Just the the way things are right now kind of has something to do with that. It's just our perception of time is starting to get a little bit jumbled here. And I, I know what you mean. It's It's been weird. Indeed it has. And it's weird to say that we are still in preseason for baseball in the middle of July. But that is where we are. And let's just get right into that. So the Cubs have had some intra-squad scrimmages that they've been using to basically be most of their spring training 2.0. They've played a number of games, and man, it's just... You look at these games, and, you know, the Cubs are winning every day, and they're also losing every day, and they just can't get above 500. I don't, I don't know what's going on here, man. Should we be concerned about that? Well, I think when you think about it, you're not going to go to the postseason just 500. So right. you can't win and lose every single day. I just, I don't think that's a recipe for success. That's fair enough. And it's weird, too, because the umpires are appearing and disappearing. I just, I wonder how that's going to be for baseball. Well, I know we've already seen that that some are a little more, uh, you know, or less skeptical of everything that's going on than others. And yeah, you know, and, and I, I have a feeling most people know who I'm talking about. But you know, at the same time, it doesn't really matter what any of their personal opinions are, because it's not like they can choose whether or not they want to follow the league's protocols. You know, whether they have crazy or weird opinions or not they've they all have to follow the same protocol so i in that regard i can't say that i'm too overly concerned well you know it's it's weird because watching these scrimmage games you know you're seeing the guys try to play their best because this is spring training, essentially. Now, they're not trying to go crazy. We did see Almora go hard after a fly ball and bang into the brick wall. Luckily, he's okay. But, you know, they're trying to get their swings in. The guys are trying to get their pitches in. You know, we've seen you Darvish try to mix up some of the stuff that he has. He's got, what, like 11, 12, 13 pitches, as Ian Happ pointed out on his podcast. So he's trying to get all that together. And you know, yesterday we saw Kyle Hendricks throw six, technically six and a third because he faced an extra batter. We saw him pitch lights out in the scrimmage. And you know what's funny is every time I see something happen, when I see Wilson Contreras, who is murdering the ball right now, when I see him or somebody else bomb a pitch out of the park, you know, half of me goes yay, but half of me goes, oh, that was off him or that was off this guy it's kind of funny how conflicting the whole thing is at times but again at the end of the day a scrimmage is a scrimmage yeah i'm i'm not trying to uh overanalyze or take too much stock in things that are happening right now uh you know the cubs are in the same boat as everyone else and and frankly there's going to be a lot of rust and i'm not sure that anything you see during this period is really uh, cause for alarm. I wouldn't freak out about anything. Uh, I also wouldn't, you know, take too much stock in the great performances that you're seeing either. You certainly don't disregard them and say that they're meaningless. But you know, it, it, it's just it's just a total wild card right now. 
I, th- I think there's just so much uncertainty around every team. You, you know, you're going to have a handful of guys that are going to have to opt out uh, or be out for a while. It's it's weird, but uh, I, I like what I'm seeing so far from some of the from some of the guys, and it, it doesn't look like anybody's like terribly out of shape or anything. I was kind of half worried we were once the cameras started rolling on this that we were going to see somebody show up like 50 pounds overweight or something yeah right but we haven't seen that on the cubs so that's good no i mean people are you know that old cliche in the best shape of their life but with some of these guys you look at them and you say wow they've really kept up and you know we were talking about it on last week's show with jake how I'm sure it's tougher for some than others to be motivated to stay in shape during times of uncertainty. But you know what? These are professionals. These guys want to be here. So they're doing everything they can. And, you know, we've seen some weird things happen with the testing, which still needs to be perfected a bit, uh, where they don't get the tests back. And, you know, David Ross has handled it very well, saying, look, if we haven't gotten our tests back, the ones who have it, we're not going to show up or we're going to watch from the bleachers. We don't want to risk anything. I really got to give David Ross credit during all this. I think he's handled this extremely well. I have no complaints. It, no, it, it, from our vantage point, it certainly seems like he's he's been doing a great job so far. You know, when he was hired, there were people worried that it was going to be all buddy-buddy media circus. And mm-hmm. I know we haven't played any games yet, but... I see no indication of that, that it, it's, it has happened yet or that it's going to happen. I see I see a guy who has a very good balance of seriousness and keeping up the spirits. You know, he's trying to keep a it, positive mind yeah. and be serious. It, it, does, it does feel that way right now, which is good. But uh, like you said, the season hasn't started yet, and that's when the real test begins. Right. I mean, it, it's easy to it's easy right now, I think, or easier, I should say, right now. Uh, it's going to be when some sort of adversity hits that then it will be the real test for David Ross. You know, it, when things are going off without a hitch, then it's easy to to give praise to everyone involved. But, you know, as soon as we see some sort of tough situation, uh, maybe we won't, hopefully we won't. But, you know, when when things start to get sticky, that'll that'll be when we really see what David Ross is made of as uh, as the leader and not just a leader, but the leader, because that is a distinction, I think. Things will get sticky outside with this weather, let me tell you. Yeah, it's been a pretty brutal summer. I will say, in my neck of the woods, uh, yesterday was really nice. Tonight is really nice. Uh, But the summer overall has been just a humid, hot mess. Yeah. It has not been enjoyable at all. There's even, there's, there's parts of our state, too, that have recorded, like, the hottest summers uh, they've had in like a hundred years or something like that. Well, this weekend in Chicago, when we start to see, I believe it's this weekend when they play some exhibition games, they got two with the White Sox, one with the twins, but it's going to get really hot, like mid nineties, high humidity. Yeah. And it's going to be the hottest it's been. It's already been in the nineties, plenty of days, but it's going to be even hotter than it normally is. And we've had some bad air quality alerts here in Chicago too. So yeah, it's uh, it's been something up here. Um, so hopefully the guys don't, you know, push themselves too hard in meaningless exhibition. Just, you know, get your swings in, you know, make your pitches, catch your balls. Don't go too, too crazy. But, you know, All what right. I like about these scrimmages is that it's just a nice balance of playing and not taking it too seriously because... It's a scrimmage, but you're playing at a level where you can point to things and say, this looks good, this doesn't, maybe this needs working on, maybe this needs a little tweaking. And look, they've been at this for a little over a week. They don't have much time to prepare after being months off. So yeah, not everything is going to look peachy and great in these scrimmages. No, it's it's just going to be... You know, uh, uh, everything's a little unorthodox right now, uh, but, you know, like you said, it it does seem like the Cubs have handled this whole thing about as well as you could Mm -hmm. under the circumstances. I mean, it's it's really hard to find anything to complain about. I'm sure Twitter could could do it. If anybody could do it, people on Twitter could do it, but... 
so far, I, nothing nothing really raises the alarm. No, and you know, Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, we had a very interesting small period of time today. Yeah, the little guy. The we were the in got, charge. We got <laughs> things are going to change around here. <laughs> and then it was fixed again, and we were no longer we in our, anarchy. We had our little moment in the sun, though, didn't we? Yeah, you know what? A little moment in the sun is better than no moments in the sun. It, you know, yeah, it's things may be back to normal now, but it happened, and you can never take that away. So let's talk about something that is legit concerning right now on the team. And I think you know where I'm going with this, oh, yeah. and I think our listeners know where we're going with mm-hmm. this. Anthony Rizzo is having continued problems with his back. And this is nothing new. We've seen this the past few years. There was a little inflammation that showed up on the MRI, which they got the results back today. You know, back problems don't go away. And they typically get worse as you get older. And Anthony Rizzo, in sports terms, isn't old but he's far from a spring chicken too he's like middle age basically but you know not to play worst case scenario here be debbie downer but your years can be accelerated when you have back issues and you're a taller guy it's it's very it's very concerning i mean there's there's really no dancing around it i there's really no way to spin this as uh, you know, it'll be fine because this is something that's been ailing him for the last few seasons in a row. It comes up uh, at least once or twice every season now for the last few. And so now the fact that this is already an issue before the season has even started. Yeah, it's it's really worrying. It's really worrying because if if he's having troubles before opening day before the rigors of the road have even started it's it's hard to feel confident that he's gonna make it through the majority of the season uh at his best so maybe this changes the course a little bit of how david ross plays with the dh because if rizzo is able to hit you have to have him in there every day that you can i mean he is the glue of that team that that is is vital yes he yeah. is more balanced than anybody in terms of good at bats, fighting off pitches, right? Getting like, on base, getting like, hits. Like we've talked about with Rizzo before, he's really the one guy in that lineup that you can reliably count on to manufacture a run when you need to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's got as much pop as anyone else in the lineup on a good day. Uh, but like we've mentioned, he's the one guy who's willing to sacrifice some of that to manufacture a run if, if they have to. Uh, so to not have him in the lineup w- would be a huge deal. I mean, it's it's not as simple as saying you know if Rizzo's not in there as often, you know the Cubs still have plenty of home run potential in their lineup. But Rizzo's value really is not just in his home run potential. Far from it, really. I mean, he's a high on base guy. He's got a good eye, like you said. Uh, overall approach is arguably the best on the team. I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. even know if that's really a controversial take. It shouldn't be. To say that. I mean, it, it, some guys might say it's Chris Bryant or Javi Baez, but I, I, I don't think so at all. I mean, you, you've. if I need somebody to just get on base or get a base hit, do really anything other than strike out, Rizzo's the guy I want up there. Over anyone, over Baez, over Bryant, anyone in the lineup, it's Rizzo's the guy I want in that situation. Well, yeah, absolutely, because look, Bryant and Baez, they it's fair to say they have more power in their swing, but they have more holes in the swing than Rizzo does. Rizzo intentionally sacrifices his power just to fight off pitches by choking up. Yeah. Yeah. And and look, Baez isn't going to walk. No, it's it's not part of his game. No, it's not. And it it never will be. And that's okay for him. But you need a guy like Rizzo in there. And he's your captain. He's your leader. He's your platinum glove winner. He's 
he may not be the most talented overall, but I think he's just the best player in terms of balance and giving you everything. He gives yeah. you a little bit of everything where Baez might be more exciting. He might hit more home runs and he might have more overall offensive value, but, and he, you know, he plays electric defense too, but you know, he does strike out a lot. He doesn't walk and he doesn't fight off pitches like Rizzo does. Bryant is a bit more balanced in terms of strikeouts and walks. I mean, Bryant could draw a walk. He's he's got a great eye at the plate, but his Bryant swing is also itself... very he's all he's very streaky too. And the one thing you can say about Rizzo, uh, generally speaking, is that he's consistent. With Bryant, it's not as uncommon for him to have a month, month and a half long stretch where he's just doing nothing. Yeah, and it's part of Bryant where the swing is great, but the swing does have more miss in it Mm -hmm. than Rizzo. And we're not just talking about eye at the plate here. We're talking about swinging at the ball because Rizzo shortens up. And, you know, Bryant's, Bryant's swing is just different. So Rizzo gives you a little bit of everything. And not having him would really, really stink. It would. This is... This is not a, a a great start for him, uh, but you know he's he's overcome this before. This it, like we've said, this is cert- this is not the first time he's had a back issue. He usually manages to come back. How long it's going to take is kind of up in the air. It's been different each time. It seems like so. Right now, we're holding out hope that he'll be ready by opening day, but I wouldn't call that a foregone conclusion either. No, I don't think anyone would, or even he would. It's His back issues have always been a day-to-day type thing. That's the thing is, you know, with the back, you really, you just never know. And there's only so much you can control with the back. I mean, it's 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 that way with a lot of injuries, too, where no matter how many things you do right, uh, in trying to control it, you're you're kind of just at the mercy of your body. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how the future could be with Anthony Rizzo. He has this year and then next year, and when he's 32 years old, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I want this guy to be a Cub as long as possible. And he has showed no signs of slowing down in terms of performance. But if the back issues get worse, does that affect the cash that he gets in the future? Of course. If you ask, I think it does too. If you ask my opinion, I'd say Anthony Rizzo is going to get some sort of extension, but it's maybe not going to be as extensive as we originally thought it should have been. I mean, he's pretty underpaid. You look at his numbers. I mean, oh yeah, he's, pretty, he's he's very underpaid. He's he's on an extremely team friendly deal, no doubt about that. So you say to yourself, okay, you extend him. How long is it going to be? How much? Rizzo's the kind of guy I think will take what he can to stay here. I really do, um, but I just don't think that the extension that maybe we thought he was going to get a few years ago around this time is going to be as big because of these concerns. It also makes you wonder uh, with national league rules changing or not in the future outside this year, how will that affect it as well? Because this year, I think David Ross might have to make some adjustments from his original plan and play Rizzo at DH more because of the back issues. Yeah. Cause look, if you have the choice of, play Rizzo at first and risk the back back issues or guarantee you have Rizzo in the lineup and maybe sacrifice Steven Souza. I mean, I think the choice is pretty obvious. You want Rizzo in there no matter what. You, you got to have him in the lineup. If, if possible, you just have to. You have to find a way, for sure. Right. So we're going to see how that develops. I know we're kind of... We're kind of at a point where... There's still some time before opening day to get it clear, but there's not that much time. You know, we're talking about a week or so. I don't think he should play in any of the exhibitions. I mean, to me, there's really no point of him playing in that. I think uh, he's one of those guys where you pretty much know he's going to perform. So why stretch him more than he needs to be? He's a veteran at this point. 
Yeah, kind of a fine line between getting these guys the the necessary live reps that they need and, you know, also not overdoing it. I think in Rizzo's case, yeah, you better better safe than sorry. I mean, maybe you could make the case that it would be better for his back if he's if he's getting some some activity in uh, because I, I would hate to see him, you know, do nothing from now until opening day and then the back just becomes inflamed and a big problem when once he does start playing. But, you know, I'm not a medical professional and I, I can't claim to know the best way to deal with that. All I know is that you know he's overcome this before, so I'm, there's really no reason to believe that he can't do that again. Uh, we just hope that th- this isn't uh, an ongoing problem throughout the season. Right on, exactly. So other things going on within Cubs camp. We're getting some updates on Jose Quintana's thumb, and you know, I still think that even with the latest update, there's still some uncertainty. He's going to start throwing again. Sounds like this week. I, yeah, I mean, what a, what a weird injury too. That's, that is just truly unlucky. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at that, at that spot in the rotation, uh, you know, it's, I hate to say it, but it's not like losing Quintana temporarily, if it's short-term anyway. It, that's not a huge blow. I mean, if it, you can replace a four or five type of guy a little easier than if, you know, if it was somebody like Darvish or Hendricks that had to miss some time. Uh, and and I, I don't know. That's, hopefully he's all right, but... Well, you know, Alec Mills has had some time to pitch, and we've seen Tyler Chatwood pitch in some of these scrimmages, so I think that if Quintana's not ready to throw in the opening weeks, that's going to be your course of action right there. I think Alec Mills has earned the chance. We've seen him in the spot starts. It's not a huge sample size, but we've seen good things from him. And Tyler Chatwood, he was going to be one of their guys no matter what, so you know, we'll just see. We'll see, but as long as Kyle Hendricks, Hugh Darvish, John Lester are healthy, then I think you can last a few weeks if you don't have Quintana. Because God forbid something happens to one of those three guys. Yeah, it, if it's just Quintana for now, they'll get by. They'll they'll survive it. Right. We've also had a little bit of looks, a few looks, at some of the prospects in the camps that they've had. Miguel Amaya got a hit today. Ebert Alzelay has been pitching in South Bend. You know, I haven't seen a lot there. We just, we know he's pitching there. So you can't help but wonder who is going to be in the final mix. Is Ebert Alzelay going to get a shot to make that roster? I think a lot of people are wondering about that. We saw Dylan Maples, who has been an experiment for a while because we've seen the good stuff. But the location has never been there. Is he going to make it? Uh, they got Jarrell Cotton from the A's, and he's pitched a little bit. Is he going to be a factor? There's there's a few questions you have about the initial opening day roster. It's not really anything huge because we pretty much know who the primary guys are. Biggest question really is Rizzo's back. But you look at some of these fringe guys, And this is where things start to get interesting. If you want to count interesting with some of these guys, is Hernan Perez going to make the roster? Is Daniel Descal? So I wouldn't say it's really interesting, but you know, someone's got to make these, these spots. So what I'm interested to see is over the next few days, how everything's going to be put together. And we're waiting to see who's going to be the opening day starter. It's going to be between Darvish and Hendricks. Who'd you go with right now? Opening day starter. Who'd you go with? You know, that's that's a tough call. That's a that's a really tough call, and I don't think you could necessarily go wrong either way. Uh, but if you wanted if you wanted to add a little bit of extra excitement to opening day, then the answer is probably Darvish. Just I'd because agree. yeah, just because, you know, as far as his repertoire, he's the flashier pitcher. 
He's the strikeout guy. Uh, he's got the crazy movement. It, it, and just the fact that he made such a great comeback in the second half of last season. If you really want to add a little zest to opening day, I would go Darvish. But if they if if it ended up being Hendricks, I wouldn't at all be upset with that decision either. I wouldn't either. I think that Kyle Hendricks has been one of those guys in the mix for a while now to make an opening day start. He was considered in years past, and it's always ended up going to John Lester because of who John Lester is, and that's fine. I mean, the Cubs have won those last few opening it's, day starts, so it's it, you know what's just really frustrating about Kyle Hendricks uh, is that if he was if he had a ninety five mile per hour fastball, if he had a fastball in the mid to high nineties, and he and he had the exact same stats as he's got right now, his his career numbers a same all across the board. But if he had a higher velocity fastball, he would be a superstar. He would be considered a superstar in the league. I mean, he would be up there with the big names and, and talked about by the media all the time. I, I honestly think that he gets discriminated against in that regard just because he doesn't have a high velo fastball. They're veloist. They really are. They are veloist. I mean, c- come on. I, there are guys bigger name guys who have higher ERAs than Kyle Hendricks that get way more attention because they're flashier. I mean, it, it, just you look at the seasons he's had, I, 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 I believe that pretty adamantly, that if he had a faster fastball, he would be one of the household names. You know, the thought of, you know, discriminating against velocity. It's you, true. You're kind of onto something because when you think about it, in this day and age, we're all about the home runs and the high velocity. We see more guys throwing harder than ever and ooing and eyeing at the crispy fastballs that are 98, 99, 100 miles an hour. I mean, today we have so much access to data. So we're seeing on the broadcast every pitch how fast it's going. At the ballpark, everyone now has a yeah. radar gun. It's I everywhere. Mean- Look at look at the massive deal that Zach Wheeler got and how much media attention he got, and you know around uh, where he's going to sign, what kind of extension he could get, all that sort of stuff. And then compare his career numbers to Kyle Hendricks's career numbers, and Hendricks is just better, just objectively better. But you 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 don't hear about him nearly as much because Zach Wheeler can throw a hundred. Kyle Hendricks has made a hundred sixty-two starts. And appeared in 163 games in his career. Yeah, he's reliable and he's a workhorse. He just isn't flashy. He's had an ERA above 3.46 one time. And that was 2015, 3.95. In that same year, his fielding independent pitching was only 3.36. So... yeah, it's it's just hard to. You, you, he's got six seasons under his belt and a career three fourteen ERA. I mean, it, most guys in that situation would be considered superstars. I think at this yeah, point in their uh, yeah. career. Look, look at look at Justin Verlander. Compare right. him to Justin Verlander. Right. It just and you you hear all about Justin Verlander and rightfully because yeah, he so. throws hard. But and, yeah, yeah, and he's he, really good. But <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to say that the only reason Verlander gets is what he is is because he throws hard. Obviously, he's he's one of the the greats. But but the 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 point here is that you you can compare Kyle Hendricks's career up to this point to a lot of other greats, but he just doesn't get nearly as much attention, and it's because he throws 89 and 90. That's why, honestly. Well, and I think it also helps that he's won a few Cy Young Awards and he's been to All-Star Games. And that angers me, too, because Kyle Hendricks hasn't been to an All-Star Game yet. And look at the numbers. I mean, that's... Look at 2016. 2016. He led led the league in ERA and he didn't make the All-Star. 2016 is a pretty bad one. Third in Cy Young voting. That's yeah. I mean, maybe you, you could make the case in 2017, maybe be, just because he only pitched 139 innings. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the fact that he hasn't been an all star yet is actually pretty bad. 
That's that's Pukorama. That is just Pukorama. Yeah, you are the puke king, aren't you? I am the puke king. That's saying Kyle Hendricks isn't good is a good opinion if you like puke. And I, I just it angers me. It legit angers me that I look at his baseball reference page and there are no all stars. I know. And he doesn't won't it, get it this year. Doesn't it frustrate you? I mean, it's the all star thing for sure. But but for me, it's just looking at his page. Is looking at his his baseball reference page. Looking at all these seasons he's had, what he's done, and it's like, why is this guy not one of the biggest names of pitchers in baseball? Anyone else with these stats who who throws in the mid to high nineties would be a huge star. Yeah, I think the only slow throwing starter that we've seen become a superstar is Greg Maddox, but Greg Maddox also did things that like shouldn't even be possible. Right. It's Greg Maddox is a little bit uh, of an exception there, I guess. I mean, Greg Maddox, like like I said, if and, you and look he, at look at his stats, like they shouldn't be possible, right? And, I mean, and he also, you know, he he had a long career where he really solidified himself as one of the all time greats. I mean, Greg Maddox pitched for more than twenty years. Kyle Hendricks, uh, like six years. So I mean, that's there's there's still time, but. I think I think he's getting discriminated against just because he doesn't throw as hard. Can we also add another very important thing about Kyle Hendricks? Yeah. 298 ERA in the postseason. I mean, and that's 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 phenomenal. I mean that that is actually elite. Yeah. You I mean, remember what he did in the NLCS. Obviously you have to compare sample sizes, but you know that that on its own is, and okay, hear me out here. Noah Syndergaard, five seasons, three thirty-one ERA. You would you would not disagree with me that Noah Syndergaard is way more of a household name than Kyle Hendricks, right? Oh, absolutely. He's but, one of the faces of pitching. But you could make the you could make the argument that Kyle Hendricks has had the better career thus far. Well, I mean, again, it's like the flashy stuff isn't there, but just in terms of overall success and helping lead a team to winning a World Series, yeah, absolutely. If uh, Yeah. And, you know, Syndergaard is one of my favorite pitchers, and it sucks that he's had so many injuries because mm-hmm. he is one of the funnest guys to watch. But you're absolutely right. I mean, Kyle Hendricks is rarely talked about compared to – Noah Syndergaard now the overall he's had some seasons where you know like really stinking good like 2016 260 ERA in 30 starts that's that's really stinking good but yeah Kyle Hendricks has obviously been more durable which isn't necessarily Noah Syndergaard's fault but man World Series champion like he threw great in the World Series and he barely gets recognized for that it's frustrating Veloist, we we came up with the new term tonight, and, and we need to we need to make it known to the world that this aggression will not stand. I shake my fist to the sky. <laughs> Veloism. <laughs> also, okay. we... I I gotta I gotta do something here. I gotta point something out here too. Okay, okay. You can, you can tell me if this is absolutely ridiculous or not. But this, I mean, this should give you uh, an idea of just how overlooked Kyle Hendricks has been to this point in his career. Max Scherzer, in his first six seasons, 73 and 45, 367 ERA, over 1,000 innings pitched. Kyle Hendricks, that's that's about a similar sample size for him. Six seasons, uh, 966 innings pitched, 314 ERA. Max Scherzer was already considered an elite star by that point in his career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he was. This, this comparison can can kind of give you a little bit of perspective and just how overlooked Kyle Hendricks has been. That he's, you know I, he's had better numbers through his first six seasons than Max Scherzer did. You know what I think whole. Kyle Hendricks is missing that could actually really boost his reputation? Personality? Well... 
Yeah, I guess. I'm still not fully convinced that he <laughs> that he isn't a robot. Be- that he isn't like the most advanced robot technology. No, he's a cake. <laughs> he's a cake. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> he's a cake. <laughs> you know what? I I I feel proud that I even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sometimes I bring things up and I feel like a total boomer because it's I'm just like I really have no. I don't know what you're referencing, but the cake thing is just the cake thing is so bizarre. And and honestly, what impresses me more than the fact that people can make cakes that look that much like the real thing are people's editing skills. Like that, I don't know if you saw the video of the guy who was pouring water into a glass and then he puts it down and then he cuts into it and it's a cake. He did, like the editing job on that is just immaculate. It looks so real. Yeah, I know. And I think people have a lot of time on their hands right now, so they're getting better at that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we'll see more videos I'm... of that to come. The Zoomers, man. The Zoomers are going to take over. The cakes <laughs> are taking over. They are too They are too adequate with technology. It's frightening. <laughs> We've given the Zoomers all the tools they need to take over. Yeah, well, we had a good run. We have nothing left but the will to survive. (laughs) We're doomed. But back to my original point, what I think Kyle Hendricks is missing, and he's come close. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. Uh, He's come close. He's come close. Yes. I mean, no no all-star appearances, no MVPs, no Cy Youngs, none of that stuff. I mean, he's a World Series champion, obviously. I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure what what you're going what you're going after here. Well, he like needs 20 he wins. He needs that elusive no-hitter. He's come close okay. a few times. Okay, I think so if he throws so one like the the one moment that 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 makes it so he has to be talked about on, on ESPN primetime, that right. sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. I could agree with that. I, I know this isn't the best comparison because he was so young and he already was a much bigger prospect and it was very early in his career. But you remember the way that the Carrie Wood 20 K game put Carrie Wood on the map. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it would be to that extent. And you remember, Kerry Wood was 20 years old when this happened. Right. But I just feel like a no-hitter slash perfect game would really help give Kyle Hendricks some well-deserved attention. I agree. I agree. And I, I, I yeah, I think he, he absolutely deserves it. So that'll be our, that'll be our mission this season is to make sure that Kyle Hendricks gets the, the recognition that he deserves. Can cakes throw no hitters? Let's find out. <laughs> I can't believe we're having that conversation legit on a podcast. Do you just like look around the room and you're like, is that a cake? Am I what a cake? I'm doing right is now? everything a cake? Is this desk? Is this a cake? Is this computer? Is this microphone a cake? Is my phone right here a cake? It's all a cake, man. It's all a cake. It's all a stupid cake. It's all a cake, man. Oh, so there there goes my diet, I guess, if everything's a cake. (laughs) And you know, this whole cake thing, it has brought forth a lot of cake slander. And I really do not appreciate cake slander. People think they're like being edgy or something, making cake isn't good tweets. Like, what? Cake? How how can you even say that? That's, right. That's just that's just trying to be a contrarian. I think honestly, it, that's like saying pizza isn't even good, man. Like, <laughs> okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Careful, Frosty, careful. You don't cut yourself with that edge. <sighs> man, like I love cake. I, well, there's so and, many kinds of cake. That, that's the thing too. It's like it's. It, it's it's not like uh uh you know if you didn't like steak or something you could just say I don't like steak it you can't really just blanketly say you don't like cake because there's like a million different kinds of cake, right? 
Exactly. I mean, th- I mean, there there are some kinds of cakes that I am not a very big fan of, but there's me too. there's others that I could eat every day if it wouldn't kill me. Pound cake, birthday cake, coffee cake, cheesecake. There's no. so many. You, you ever had tiramisu? Oh my god, yeah. I love stuff's tiramisu. amazing. Oh, now I want tiramisu. Yeah. Now here's my question for you. This is kind of my opinion. I know cheesecake is cheesecake, but I kind of right. consider it more of a pie. Uh, it's it's like a hybrid. It, yeah. It's not like the, you know, what you would think of when you hear cake. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's like somewhere in between, I guess. I, I don't know if I really would classify it as pie either. It gets consumed uh, kind of more like a pie i guess just because of the way it's served maybe yeah uh i like cheesecake though i like cheesecake a whole lot it's i i have a buddy who really does not like cheesecake and his whole philosophy on that is cake and cheese should not be the same thing together and at that point i was like "Are, are you sure you've ever seen a cheesecake because it's not it's not like a birthday cake with slices of velvet. <laughs> That's not what cheesecake is. <laughs> Ooh, some nice gouda on this birthday yeah, cake. With yeah, yeah, it's like drizzling mozzarella over a over a birthday cake or something. <laughs> That's not what it is. Yeah, I mean, the, and here's the other thing too. If you're gonna say there's so many different types of cake, you also got to remember there's so many different types of cheeses too. So it's like yeah. you know. Some people think cheese, oh, just a slice of cheddar, oh, just a slice of American. No, no, no. there are millions of types of cheese. Yeah, it's, you know, and even what, what you would consider like uh, just plain cheesecake, it's like, it doesn't taste, it's not like cheddar cheese, dude. It's, that's not what it is. Oh, it's, it's not like that at all. It, it and, aggravates me when people are like, hey, you can't, cheese and cake shouldn't go together. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my opinion on cheesecake is it goes better when there's, like, stuff on it. Yeah. You you know, like, I like when there's, like, chocolate on it, maybe some mm-hmm. chocolate chips, maybe some, like, uh, yeah. like cherry you know, pie filling. What I really like is, like, a, like a raspberry sort of cheesecake. You, yeah, like raspberry sauce on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. There's so many, really. I mean, that's cheesecake. The thing about cheesecake is you can it is easy to screw up. Sure. I mean, it's there's I've definitely had bad cheesecake. I've also had some cheesecake just to freaking die for. Like there's some really amazing cheesecake, but you know, yeah, people people who just say cheesecake, cheesecake equals bad. No. <laughs> or cake equals cake, bad. I just cake I, bad. I can't believe how many people I know, like, don't like cake. They're like, oh, cake, cake sucks. I like pie better. Why? God. Why? No, that's just, you know, that's just kind of, that's just trying to be different, trying to be a food hipster. (laughs) (laughs) Food hipster. Okay, okay, let's, at least they're not saying they'd rather have, like, like, kale stuffed. I only like indie food. Avocados. Probably, that's. I mean, I do like avocado though. Avocados, avocado's good. I mean, it's there. There's not like a whole lot of taste to avocado. It's more more of the the texture, more the 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 texture that you're adding to whatever you're eating. It's that nice makes and it creamy. Good. I mean, if if I if I just have an avocado in front of me, that doesn't excite me at all. But you know, if I'm like spreading it on some tacos or a burrito or something like that, it's good stuff. You know, I love guac. Love, mm, love mm, guac. Guac, good, yeah. Guac with some chips and stuff. That's 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 good eating. You know, I like guac on tacos, but I'd almost rather have guac with chips. I just like the dip, the satisfaction. It depends, dipping. It depends on the day. I, I I've I've gone both ways. I some sometimes I'm in the mood to have some guac on my on the food on the tacos or burrito, but. Yeah, I mean, you, you really can't go wrong just scooping it up on some chips. That's true. And I will say this. One of the best Mexican restaurants in Chicago happened to be on the street I lived in my senior year at college. It's called Maria's. It is on Harlem Avenue. 
it's on the Chicago side of Harlem Avenue. So between like Elmwood Park and Chicago, it, it's considered one of the best in the Chicagoland area. Phenomenal. Their homemade guac on a steak fajita. Oh, oh boy. God, you got me craving Mexican food right now. Oh, doesn't that sound so good? You know, I was just talking about that with some friends not that long ago. That I mean, Usually every summer we make multiple trips uh, to our favorite Mexican restaurant, which is in a, in a nearby town about 15 miles away from us. I mean, every summer we, we go, you know, at least a handful of times. And I am just, it's killing me that I can't go there right now. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, the one thing that I miss so much and i just ah it sucks yeah i know normal life back please yeah you know i i tried the other night i made just to be a little healthier it was turkey meat tacos with like special taco mix it actually turned out pretty good i gotta say and it was a little healthier okay but as good as it was going to an authentic mexican restaurant where you can sit down and they give you the homemade salsa and chips, yeah. complimentary, as much as you can eat. Oh, it doesn't get any better. You than just that. can't beat that. We did, we did have some some good homemade Mexican food over the holiday. I oh, myself, I myself personally am a terrible cook. Uh, I, I make things that are edible, but it's it's not anything that you would ever want to have to eat. Uh, my cooking skills are not great, but over the Fourth of July. My dad uh, slow cooked a pork butt on the Ooh. grill. It's it's it sat on our uh, uh, his big green egg for uh, I think like twelve or thirteen hours, something like that. So, so we we had we had that over the fourth, and then the next day we got uh, you know like one of those meat shredder things and and pulled it all apart and made some Mexican seasoning and got all the stuff and made tacos out of it. It was really good. Oh, that really sounds good. heavenly. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. I am making myself incredibly hungry. But you know what? Thinking about food is just something I do all the time. I can't help myself. Yeah. yeah. You, you know what's really funny? Just the other day, I was kind of craving some good old Wrigley Field nachos. And I'm just talking about the nachos. You get in the little paper like basket thing and you get the hot cheese and the jalapenos oh. on top. I oh, love it. Man. I love the ballpark nachos so much. And I just think, man, nachos. right now I would have had several things of those by now. Cause I would have gone to several cub games. I should be sitting in the upper deck right now, chowing down on some nachos and watching Rizzo and Brian Baez hit home runs onto Waveland Avenue. I, mm-hmm, nachos. Uh, I didn't hear anything after nachos. <laughs> I saw, I don't know if you saw it or not. It, it went viral. Some, somebody tweeted a picture it's they said time for nachos and the picture was a plate of saltine crackers with like that prepackaged square cheese slices <laughs> just barely melted over the top of it and i i have never seen such a hideous thing in my entire life those are st louis style nachos right st louis style nachos nice <laughs> velveta on some saltines some authentic st louis nachos uh, I love saltines, but I would not like them that way. I like <laughs> saltines with a nice creamy soup. I guess I, yeah, I like saltines as much as you can like saltines, I guess. They're salt, they're crackers. They're I mean, saltines, they're just... yeah. You know, they're, they're crackers. Like, yeah, that's the best way to put it. They're crackers. Yeah, they're, they're plenty they're, there's, crackers. There's good crackers. Way. There's like some like gourmet style crackers, I guess. But even then, they're still just crackers. It's all about what you put on the crackers. You know, you put yeah. whether it's onion mm-hmm. dip or cheese or. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, there are some really good cheese dips out there for like crackers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, some have like dill in them, some have onions, some have red wine, some are a little spicier. That's what crackers are made for is the good stuff like that. Yeah, you get like a cheese and cracker platter kind of thing and those fancy dips. Mm hmm. This has got me really hungry. Really I hungry. Know. Me too. Me too. You're going to have to eat something after this. I might have to document a, a cake eating experience. This is Kyle Hendricks. Show Twitter how now. long they are. Yeah. He's a cake. 
I mean, they're we all can't cakes. Rule it out. We can't rule out the possibility that he may, in fact, be a cake. Do you remember in 2014 when the Cubs were celebrating the 100th anniversary of Wrigley Field? They had that giant Wrigley Field cake made for them. And then after the game, they found the cake just splattered in the dumpster. <laughs> Rip. Rip cake. I remember that day. It was the first game at Wrigley Field that year where they were celebrating the 100th anniversary. They had the old uh, Chicago Federal uniforms on. They were playing the Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks were wearing who the Chicago Federals were playing when Wrigley Field opened their uniforms, the Kansas City Packers. So it was like a big throwback game. And the Cubs are up like five to two and they choked on it epically in the bottom of the ninth and their giant cake ended up in the dumpster. And remember, this was 2014, so a year before they started contending. So Cubs baseball at the time was pretty much summed up right there. Very well put. Nicely done. So in a way, we can confirm that cake Wrigley Field has existed. It, it it did happen. Cake Wrigley did happen. And look, and they just did all these be. renovations. How do we know they didn't replace it with cake? The whole thing could be a cake. I mean, it may have been a real stadium at one point, but it could just be cake now. Yeah, I mean, look, remember, they had to, like, tear out the whole lower bowl a few years ago. I don't know if you ever saw those pictures. No, I didn't. Well, when they renovated, they, they pretty much tore down the whole lower area uh, and rebuilt it. Uh, again, look at the pictures. It's pretty crazy because you have the upper deck, and you know how there are the supporting pillars that you can see? Uh-huh. The poles. Yeah. Basically, everything in front of the poles to the field, from the poles to the field, that was all torn out and rebuilt. So, Cake. It could have been cake. They claim it's could concrete and steel, but I don't know. I don't know. We can't rule it out. That's all mm. That's all we'll say. We cannot rule that out. I mean, no one's tried cutting into it, so how would we know? We here at the Climbing the Ivy podcast do not condone you trying to cut into Wrigley Field with a knife. Uh, <laughs> you did not hear that here. Please do not take our intentions uh seriously uh do not try to cut into wrigley field hashtag disclaimer yeah yeah i don't think they would appreciate that very much to say the least but you know what i'm very much looking forward to seeing how this whole roster shapes up and i'm very much looking forward to following some real games again But there is still one big obstacle, other than the pandemic, obviously, and safety Mm -hmm. concerns, which are not, unfortunately, not going to just go away. For the fans, I still can't watch, and a lot of people still can't watch, because Marquee and Comcast still not have reached a deal. Time is running out before opening day. They need to get this together. this, This is a problem. A big problem. They need to get with MLB TV. They can't have blackouts all over the country. And you can't have your number one cable provider in the entire Chicagoland area not have the games. Yeah, they really did not have a solid plan formulated, did they? Crane Kenny will tell you otherwise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, they they better get this figured out. Clock's ticking. I mean, we're we're, we're like nine days away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, Sox fans are sitting back saying, "Well, we could watch all our games on CSN and uh, WGN." And I'm like, "Yeah, I remember the days we can do that. It felt so long ago." But uh, yeah, they need to get this figured out. And I made a bold prediction over the weekend that they were going to have this figured out by Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's 7.42 on Wednesday, and it has not been figured out. So, get it figured out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please. Please. 
maybe marquee sports is a cake no i'm not gonna go there i the, the, too far too far <laughs> too far we've You're lost our minds too many questions we we've lost our minds on this podcast this is where we're at <laughs> we we just we need baseball back so badly we do i don't care if it's played by cakes or not well, like this is getting tough this is th- th- these these are getting hard to do without baseball in July. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, we did talk about food for like 20 minutes, which I'm not complaining. I could do that on any given day under normal circumstances. But, I mean, it, it get, kind of gives you an idea of where we're at without baseball. Right, exactly. And I think that once the season does start, we're going to have plenty of material to either be excited about, complain about, or a little bit of both, uh, because a lot is going to have to happen for the Cubs to get off to a good start. They're going to need to hit consistently. The starting pitching is going to have to be efficient enough. And the scariest thing, the bullpen has actually got to be good. Uh, I know we're just in scrimmages, and we've seen a lot of ups and downs in the scrimmages with Craig Kimbrell. He's gotten hit hard, and I know it's just scrimmages, but eh, I'm still a little worried about that. Not going to lie. I am right there with you, man. Yeah. Let's just hope uh, things get kind of turned around. He's developing a changeup, which I think is interesting. To me, that kind of says he's trying to reform himself because the Craig Kimbrell that was good for a good, what, eight years, nine years, is kind of a thing of the past. So he's going to have to readjust things as he gets older gonna have to be a, a little different uh, version of craig kimbrell i guess yeah is what you're getting at and not the one that gave up a career high nine home runs and only how many innings uh we hope not no it's crazy look at craig kimbrell's career numbers it is nuts just how good he was for so long oh, and then last year after that weird season just he gave up nine home runs in 20 and two-thirds innings the most he gave up in his career was seven and that was in over 60 innings yeah that's whoo know what else is kind of crazy his career era is 2.08 before the cubs it was 1.91 so that's how far it rose just last year yikes that's Ouch. Yeah. yeah. He had a sub-2 ERA over eight years before joining the Cubs last year. Wowzers. He was an all-star every year from 2011 to 2018. So he's not a cake. I don't think so. No, he's real. No, he's very, very real. Very real. Here are some of Craig Kimbrell's best seasons. In 2012, he had an ERA in 62.2 innings of 1.01 and a fielding independent pitching of 0.78. His base on balls per nine, 2.0. His strikeouts per nine, 16.7. Wowzers. That's really stinking good. That's pretty good. That'll do. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. He's had an ERA in the ones. Let's see. One, two, three, four times in his career. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm hmm. And before joining the Cubs, he had an ERA over two once. And that was with Boston in 2016. Yeah, career numbers are pretty freaking insane. Maybe maybe he'll be awesome again. I hope so. Oh, by the way, he was not an all-star in 2015 with San Diego, so my bad on that one fact. Wow. Get your facts straight. I know. I, I highlighted it on Baseball Reference, and the stars are kind of hard to see. 
So I just assumed it was A-S-A-S-A-S-A-S all the way down. And then I looked at the awards. I'm like, oh, there's no A-S in that season. That one season with San Diego. That was the season where San Diego made all those moves thinking they were going to be really good and they didn't do anything. So they ended up selling off all those yeah, guys. Yeah, I remember that. What an anticlimactic <laughs> end to that. Yeah, because that year they finished 74 and 88, well out of the playoffs. But they had gotten Justin Upton. They got Craig Kimbrell. They got James Shields. They got Matt Kemp. And they made all those moves. And nothing. Didn't do squat. It, yeah, and it's weird seeing they had Brandon Morrow. Hmm. Who, by the way, has been released. Yeah, sad that that didn't work out. Yeah, I know. It's it's a shame because he was really good with the, with the Cubs when he mm-hmm. did pitch. But, you know, it... Uh, just didn't work out for injury reasons it's unfortunate but it is what it is i'm glad they tried to make it work one more time with the minor league deal yeah there was no risk in that but when it doesn't work it doesn't work at least they tried indeed indeed hashtag bart meme All right, well, that is about to do it here on Climbing the Ivy. I want to thank you all for listening to our nonsense. Adam, I want to thank you for coming on, as always. Reminder, you can check out Cubby's Crib at cubbyscrib.com. You can check out their social media pages on Facebook and Twitter. You can also check out this podcast on iTunes.com. Until next time, he's Adam. I'm Alex. You have a great week. We'll see you next week when baseball is supposed to start.